This is Sexy Funny Raw, where we chat all about the world of sex, from dating and relationships all the way to the adult industry itself. I'm Sylvia Sage, and this is my Pornspective, answering all the questions you weren't even brave enough to ask Google. Get ready, because Sexy Funny Raw starts now. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Funny Raw um, with me, uh, Sylvia Sage, and Dr. Eddie, of course, giving us our public health perspective. Thank you, Dr. Eddie. And then to my right, I have um, my friend, comedian, actor, writer, Ray Ray. Say hello to the people, Ray. What's up? Um, so we are getting into um, a little bit deeper of a conversation today, and this episode is going to be about consent. And now I know that this topic in particular um, may be a little triggering for some people, so we are going to um, attach some hotlines and some numbers that you can reach out to if you feel like maybe you need a little assistance in this area. So, so consent definitely means um, consent every step of the way. So what we're going to talk about is, yes, I've said uh, yes to you coming up to my apartment, but have I said yes to sex? Not necessarily, you know? So this is something that we want to have ongoing conversations. And even if you are married, it's not necessarily that um, I want to have sex tonight or that I want to have anal sex tonight. And we need to also talk about some of the power dynamics and how some of those things will alter um, maybe the pressure that you feel to give consent in certain situations. Um, It's not something that you just get, you know? Um, I agree. I think uh, those are really great points. I think we have to um, consider consent an ongoing process, and it's not something that we just give a blanket statement about. Uh, And that's where things get muddled up, right? do we do we need to ask? Oh, are you okay with this? And then are you okay with this? And then are you okay with it? Like each step of the way mm-hmm. in that regard, or is it more of a we consent to have sex? This is something that we're interested in doing. I'm not necessarily consenting to anal sex today, though. Right. Right. Or I'm not necessarily consenting to being tied up today, or right. something like that. Right. So those are all different conversations, mm-hmm. I think. And so it gets muddled up. Um, when people are maybe not used to or not comfortable with some of the messages or the signals that they're getting or misinterpreting those signals. And this is in the best case scenarios, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's definitely other cases where the intent is different. Right. Uh, But if the intent is generally good, uh, and we can certainly misconstrue and misunderstand certain things. So I think it becomes even more important to, to talk about what we're okay with. It seems like all of our podcasts are are about making sure that we're talking about things all of the time yeah right uh we get so wrapped up in not talking about it but we're not all telepaths right we don't all know what our partners are okay with or what they're not okay with or even if Mm -hmm. they want to be adventurous Mm -hmm. right and all of those things are a part of consent yeah uh so the better that we can communicate the better that we can have those conversations i think the better it'll It'll be. It'll be. We were right there. I was going to say, it's funny that you say uh, we're not all mind readers because I think a lot of times, especially with uh, me personally, I'm not speaking for all women. I'm just speaking for myself. A lot of times a man will be doing something and I'll be thinking in my head, oh my God, I wish he would just do this. But you don't say it because you don't want to like insult them. You know, you don't want to like make it seem like what they're doing isn't good, which it may not be. Um, <laughs> you don't want to like switch it. But those are all conversations that, you know, needed to be definitely um, had, especially in that 
in that intimate moment. Ray, you had talked on the last episode how you were almost surprised with um, with anal, right? You were surprised when she was yeah, trying yeah, to go she, to put she was things. Like, and we're gonna. This is like a thing, and I was like, uh, okay, that's 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 let's. Let's chat. Let's chat right. Let's this. have a conversation. Yeah. I was happy having sex with you, but I'm not this has so been a ready. Great month, but, yeah, uh, but you're, you're okay. <laughs> all right, all right. And, uh, and then you have that that talk, and and you know she's playing double dutch. Like, am I going? Am I going? Right. Am I going? Am I going? And it's like <laughs> you can bam. feel them cl- getting closer and closer to your butthole. You know. Yeah, you and then you're like like wiggling. Yeah. You're like okay, yeah. God. and then because uh, it's it just starts with playful like other stuff yeah that, that's actually like the first time that I uh, a girl that I dated and we had been together on and off for like two or three years that was like the craziest sexual relationship I've ever been with oh nice it was amazing yeah um, but the, the only thing that kept us together was sex the sex and yeah. she like for the longest time wanted to have anal sex and never told me that oh like ever until like like we had finally broken up and then it was like one of the last times we ever slept together and she was just like, I wish we would have done this. It could have saved it. Yeah. Because it was awesome. Wow. See, so. but that's just it. We're the lack of communication yeah. is what took you apart there. It's so sad. I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but if you had freely given her the consent and you guys had had a conversation and been prepared with lube and all the things that you needed, I'm sure it would have been a very different experience for you. Yeah, I, sh- I should have, like, no, she always had lube. She always had, like, just everything. She had, like, a box <laughs> under her bed. Like and me? I, like you, like yeah. you. <laughs> uh-huh. And I just, I just was not... Uh, man enough that's honestly like the best way to put it to like approach that that subject matter yeah because um, it's so sensitive yeah and it shouldn't be and that's what we're here to do is make it less less uh, uncomfortable for everybody yeah um so reversible consent let's talk about that because anyone can change their mind about what they feel like doing at any time even if you've done it before um and even if you're both like naked in bed right like i think that's what we're having the conversation about is like sometimes i do really like anal sex but i'm not always prepared for it i feel like anal sex is more um something that i knew was coming at like a day in advance or hotel (laughs) so because (laughs) i'm not trying to mess up my own sheets Um, but just because i'm say i'm into it doesn't mean i necessarily want it each and every time you know so um and it can really ruin it if you stick your finger in my butt and then i smell my own asshole the rest of the time we're fucking it's not (laughs) not where i want to be either kids not where i want to be either definitely some planning is good if we're going to engage in anal sex i'm just going to say yes on all platforms yes everyone should be ready for this um, so also it needs to be an enthusiastic, right? Yes. It doesn't need to be like a, oh, maybe, you know, if like he wants to do that, I would do it. You need to be like really wanting to do this thing with him and you shouldn't ever feel pressured into anything with sex. I feel like that was a big thing for me when I was like a teenager and in my early twenties, especially like, even if a man would take me to dinner, I felt like I owed him some sexual prowess in some way, whether that was sucking his dick or going to bed with him. You know, I felt like it was owed. It was a thing that I needed to give as a part of being a part of this date and being taken out and wound, you know? So, um, yeah, be excited about the thing you want to do or just don't do it. You can always say no, you know, walk away. That's where it does get challenging, right? Because yeah. not everybody has the opportunity or the power in whatever relationship they're Truth. in to say no, right? So let's say you were going out to dinner with someone, but then you were in their car or in their apartment and you didn't have 
An exit plan. An exit plan. <laughs> yeah. uh, or anything like that. So then it becomes about power. Mm-hmm. And so that's where things can be dangerous or problematic because Absolutely. it's it we should be able to reverse our choices, but mm-hmm. it, that's not always the circumstances that we're in. So yeah. planning ahead is not just good just for anal sex. It's also mm-hmm. just planning ahead for all of these things. And sometimes, oh, he's great and sweet and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, he would never do something like that. And then yeah. as a result, there's no exit strategy. Or also in the um, aspect of like the husband making all the money and the wife being um, an at-home wife, like sh- she would feel like the added pressure that that's like a part of her job as the as a wife is to like keep her man happy and maybe doing it just as a, a doing it. I wonder when I saw this when I read this, my mind immediately went to Donald Trump and Melania because like I just oh feel like she's a contracted in wife and I feel like there is a lot of like contracted in relationships and in that case is it kind of like um what was that movie um 40 shades of gray is that the name of it 30 shades of gray 40 shades of gray something like that where the 50 guy shades 50 shades gray. that's it I'm like 40 50 who knows um where the guy does put it in a contract of like how much sex they're going to have to be having, you know, like, is that like a thing? Is like contractual sex a thing? I certainly can't speak to the Trumps. Well, not specifically, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't want to even go down that route. Okay. Uh, only because every relationship is different. So and different, unique, yeah. And who knows, right? And yeah. so good for them. <laughs> However, yeah. uh, the contractually obligated, there's a lot of like history of the man's role and the woman's role and all of those like old social understandings mm-hmm. of what was okay in the past. And that's really changed yeah. uh, with feminism and women are more empowered and yeah. women are often more educated now, making yeah. more money. And that creates its own kind of debacle when it comes to men and masculinities mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but contractually, I think... I don't know if that exists that much. No. Right? So that movie was like, it pulled out a few like racy ideas. Okay. And it was pretty vanilla for its raciness, I'd say. Right. Right? But that was exciting to a specific demographic. And all of those things are wonderful because it gets people to explore. And open and think about different things. I know on Netflix there was like how to create a sex sex room. room. And I was like, how amazing that this is on Netflix. Yes. So like- so things are changing in like a the progressive liberal communities, but yeah. not so much in other communities. So this country is a lot of countries yeah. wrapped up into one. No, and I feel like there are some countries where because the women are considered um, property of the men that they can essentially rape them at any time they want. Like that's a part of their marriage. You know, that's a part of their laws that the women actually belongs to the man. And that's a part of her wifely duty. Uh, there's also a lot of ways, and I know that we've talked about this a really, really long time ago, but uh, how to control women's bodies by mm-hmm. female circumcision and mm-hmm. gen- female genital mutilation as a way to control women's bodies and their sexual behavior. And all of these things are pretty wrapped up in like control of women. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, there's a clearly a long history of control of women. Yeah. And there's st- that's still happening today now with Roe v. Wade again yeah. and all of that stuff. So like, yeah. You know, I think all of this is tied together yeah. uh, and it becomes an issue where if we're talking about consent, are we can we consent to control our own bodies as well? Right. Yes. Uh, right. So that theoretically should extend that way. But yes. it doesn't in the United States at this moment in time. Right. And so these are bigger, different conversations, but they're all kind of wrapped in 
together where it creates like this messy area of, Mm -hmm. you know, who's controlling what, who has Mm -hmm. the power where, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Should politicians be controlling women's bodies? No. Yeah. You don't know. No, no. I mean, I know. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here's my thing is because like I love being tied up. So I like the tied up blindfolded like scenario. And I've been in it. I've been the receiver. I've been the giver. And I think in that case, you almost kind of give a little like freedom to the other person, you know, and you're like, do the things that you want to do, you know, and like I trust you in this moment. And I think it would be the same thing of like we're talking about that sex room, like I would love to have a sex room, but then you're like bringing this person into it and you're like, are you going to be okay with this? You know, and you got to almost go through like (laughs) item by item, like line by line to see what everybody's okay with. I would probably say that the sub in those relationships usually has most of the power. Yeah. Right. It's like a created space. It's true. Uh, And so the sub uh, or... Yeah, the sub usually has most of the power where they decide when things stop and start, even though the like the perception of the alternative is the case. Right. Right. We're making believe that the dom is in control, but it's right. really the sub that dictates what's going what's on in a be. lot of cases. Right? Well, yeah, because yeah. a lot of them, even the guys who like the crazy stuff to well, I say crazy. It may not be crazy <laughs> to everybody, but I'm thinking like the the step on my balls type thing. You know, like a lot of men are like into that a woman being super dominant and just like stepping on ball sacks with heels. And I'm like, that is terrifying to me. But these men are specifically asking for it i'm know? walking in there like if, if you had like a sex room i'm i'm pointing out good 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 <laughs> no good 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 you know what i mean i'm like yeah. at, at sephora just like yes yes yes, sephora. No, yes. like that's how, i'm i would be particular but would you what's... also go like maybe you know like let's see what this let's one try does. It. yeah let's exactly. try it is this the right rouge i don't know yeah um, yeah that's what i'm saying th- like yeah like uh, like I'm pretty game. Yeah. Uh, if I've been with someone long enough. Yeah, I think most uh, people are. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna do it with like someone I've dated for like a well maybe a month, but who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I'm back. I'm back in the game yeah. now. So they like start having these conversations earlier. Yeah. I mean, know? I've I, yeah that. That's what's great about um, on a porn set is we get an actual list of all the things we're okay with and what we're not okay with and before each and every scene um all of the scene partners will be in the room and your director is in the room and every that i mean you have a room full of people that are they're making sure that whatever you're consenting to whether it's uh if they're allowed to pull your hair whether they are allowed to spank you whether they're allowed to uh spit on you or put a finger anywhere you're saying can I put a finger in your vagina can I put a finger in your mouth can I put a finger in your butt all of these things are run through and so you have to actually have the conversation with your scene partner and everyone knows what's going to be okay so where if anyone sees something that was on somebody's no list we have to stop production because everyone's supposed to be as like comfortable as they can be and it's I mean I'm telling you we just live the world of porn for everyone out there. <laughs> Sex would be so much better. I've always said, like, I'm so thankful to porn for, like, teaching me new ways to explore my sex and sexuality. It's such a mixed bag, I'd say, porn, right? Because it gives it has its men, good and bad. It gives men, like, a weird perspective of what is expected and what is okay. the norm. Yeah. Uh, and then on the other end, it also lets people explore in a variety yeah. of beautiful and wonderful ways. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So... Not everybody's taking the good and then leaving the bad. And right. so sometimes the bad 
trumps the good. It depends yeah. uh, on what the expectations are, but it certainly hasn't always been good for how women are treated or what kind of sex women actually enjoy because porn only gives you a, like a very weird perspective of like vaginal intercourse is the only way that woman right. is going to get off. And all of those things without the focus on all of those other important aspects yeah. uh, because those other important aspects people would probably fast forward through. Yeah. Right? So, but that's not creating like a real like a real picture of what the sexual experience is it yeah. is and then you have men that that's all they've ever seen mm-hmm. and so then that's all they ever know and they're not engaged in these conversations so right. clitoral stimulation doesn't even come into the equation right, right right that's why i think it's like uh important for like couples to actually watch porn together i was about yeah. to say yeah. the same yeah. thing yeah have you watched porn with I have, partners? i have and and there were moments where like my partner would be like we should try that yeah like, yes we should yeah we should yeah even if it's just a position you know, that yeah. you've never tried. I yeah, you learn so much, and then like especially like if it's if it's like how they're talking to one another. That's yeah. that's another thing. Yeah, that like I would have never known to be able to say this to a girl that I've been t- with for like a year and a half. Yeah, um, and then when it happened, like she lost her shit. It was ma- like in a good way. Yeah, and it was like oh wow, and here we go. Yeah. So obviously the opposite side of consent is going to be sexual assault, um, a very real thing. Um, and I think a lot of people forget that sexual assault can go both ways. I think a lot of times we just focus on, on the fact of um, a females being assaulted. Um, but it definitely goes uh, for women, for elderly, for men, for uh, people with physical disabilities, um, all sorts of people that are not physically maybe even able to give consent um, and then it's taken away or in the case of sexual assaults where the consent has or there is no consent and instead of um, walking away respectfully from the situation someone has you know taken upon themselves to do the act regardless of the consent right definitely I'd say I mean I'd add, I'd add to that as well that um, sexual assault is not just engaging in intercourse per se right Right. and so we have a lot of laws in the u.s that restrict let's say the definition of rape Mm -hmm. by the insertion of a penis into a woman or something like that and so that type of very specific language leaves sometimes leaves out groping verbal Mm -hmm. sexual assault Mm -hmm. all of these things Mm -hmm. that still classify uh as sexual assault uh but becomes difficult if we're talking about the legality of pursuing those kinds of things right and so there's there's a lot more to it than just penis inside of person oh absolutely per se. and so all of that uh, is kind of wrapped together in sexual assault uh, but especially in the past few years we've seen so much of it in the news mm-hmm. there's just been uh, famous celebrities mm-hmm. going to prison or losing their jobs and all of that stuff mm-hmm. because of instances where power dynamics were right. out of skew uh, and that switched over into yeah. sexual assault whether they considered it or not is not the problem right. it's the victim that considered it uh, and so then that becomes a, a confusing place for some people mm-hmm. I think and so mm-hmm. I think we need to kind of unpack that a little bit more well definitely I mean uh, we discussed before the show started um, I'm a victim of sexual assault myself and I was sexually assaulted as a child and my um abuser was much older and I did feel for years so much shame around the fact that I allowed this to happen and that I hadn't come forward with it. It wasn't until I was in my 30s and the Me Too movement really came to um, to fruition that I was like, oh my God, I have to like tell my truth and tell what my story was. And then I also found out 
he had more victims when I came forward. I found out more victims I didn't know along the way. I had known some other victims from the past, but I learned more victims um, once I came forward with the story. And none of us had said anything. And I think that's a big part of it, especially when sexual assault happens when you're young, is there's so much shame and so much guilt around it. You feel so guilty that you have let this happen to you, um, that you just hold it with you until you're you know, in your 30s or 40s or whatever. And it's like coming to light at that point. But it's already done the emotional damage at that point. You know, my assaulter was big on telling me how, you know, worthless I was and how no one would ever want me. And so him wanting me felt almost nice, you know. Um, And so it was like, oh, well, nobody else wants me. I'm learning this, but he does. So this is my assaulter, you know, who is almost like brainwashed you in that way. And I think... I think that can happen a lot, especially with the power dynamics, whether it be a the priest, uh, you know, and the child or whether it be a teacher and a student or boss scenario to, you know, his employee and feeling like if I don't do these things, I don't get it. Or when the Me Too movement came out and it's all these actresses, you know, feeling like they have to do these things for these disgusting men to get the roles that they want to get ahead to where they need to be. So, um yeah um just a whole um whole can there uh to explore uh dr eddie (laughs) i know there's uh at universities that we have like unspoken rules as well so i always have my during office hours i always leave my office door open regardless of what students in there male female Mm -hmm. trans it doesn't matter i always like leaving doors wide open because sometimes closing the door Mm -hmm. can make people feel like they're trapped and stuff like that. So yeah. that I would imagine should extend to a lot of other environments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the professor role, you, there is a skewed power dynamic and you have to be extra, extra conscious and mm-hmm. careful of those kinds of things uh, because there has been a long history uh, of horrible things happening, not yeah. just there, but in medicine In but all- it's also kind of like sexualized the, especially professor, student, you know, like, I mean, the in porn, we I mean, how often have I been a professor or a teacher or a student um, and I'm having sex with the opposite, you know, or I've been an employer or a doctor having sex with my patient like it's it is very like glorified to have these things happening. So it doesn't necessarily sometimes feel like a power dynamic. I think sometimes, too, maybe the college student is coming on to the professor, you know, and 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 now maybe that's a weird dynamic shift for the professor to be um being aggressed like this um yeah I don't know and I wondered too if that doesn't make you feel this weird desired you know if a student is coming on to you and I don't think so well I don't I don't like that specific age group right so like I like that age group when I was like 18 right right right. so I always like a few years older so 22 23 but now I like a few years older than me now so in your 40s like i like adults right uh not that 22 is not an adult but it's totally different it is different Uh, and so like that's not something 401k (laughs) yes yeah it's a little different uh 20s was awesome 30s was great now 40s are fine yeah like 40s yeah Uh, but i also like people in their 40s yes right yes uh it's they're very different yeah so those kinds of 
interactions, they certainly can occur and do occur and maybe occur to other people more than me, whatever the case may be. Um, but people are pretty conscious of it, uh, especially academics in those kind of environments. The physicians I work with are also pretty, yeah. pretty conscious of those power dynamics. Uh, and so it's a lot of doctors, fucking nurses, though. That's only on TV. Uh, <laughs> I work in on, hospitals. It's, it's usually on my phone, but yeah. Um, yeah, not so much. Not so much TV. Uh, um. Um, I worked in medicine, and I had sex with my doctors. So <laughs> I'm just saying, it really? happens. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I worked in hospitals for like almost a decade before yeah. I, I made the switch to a new life. Um, but yeah. Um. This is one we want to talk about. I want to talk about privilege. So a lot of times, too, that can be a dynamic like um, the, you know, white cis male, especially if he is financially well off, almost feels like especially an obligation if maybe it's like an escort type of situation. And he feels like because he's purchased this person that he you know, owns them and gets to do whatever and that he is calling the shots in this situation, um, which can get also very sticky because currently, especially in the U.S., um, escorting is illegal. So there's no safety protocols in there for, you know, the the woman in the scenario or the man in the scenario. There's definitely male escorts um, to get their to own their power in that situation, you know. Absolutely. And uh, so I, I've done quite a bit of research with male sex workers mm -hmm. in the past in New Orleans and stuff like that. Uh, and so creating environments where uh, the rules are kind of up front yeah. is something that I came across a lot with some of the uh, people I was working with. And so like the rules and the specifics and like the very detailed specifics of what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, all kind of are up front. Mm -hmm. uh, it's almost like a verbal contract. However, yeah. if you're going to people's hotel rooms and stuff like that, all of a sudden you could be trapped. But then on the reverse, some people were victimized by street workers and stuff right. like that too, right? right. So it's right. a it's a kind of a dangerous environment dangerous, for people. Yeah. Uh, and so you have to be extra careful. Escorts is a little bit different than street workers right. and all right. that stuff. So right. it really depends because there is a hierarchy amongst mm -hmm. sex workers. Mm -hmm. uh, and so... Like I always say adult film stars because that's a mm -hmm. very, very different hierarchy right. in the sex work world. Right. Right. So it's in the world, but it's on the periphery and it's certainly privileged. Right. And you guys have so many checks and balances and right. all of those great things. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Everybody's tested tons. All yeah. of those things are all the checklists, all, all the everything. Yeah. But sex work in general doesn't necessarily have that. Mm -hmm. And that's only assuming that we're talking about sex work where people have an option mm -hmm. that they're doing it by choice. Right. Because there's a whole world. That where does not have that choice. Where people don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. And so that's very different. Right. Which is also terrifying and a very real subject. And we definitely don't want to, um, you know, not bring light to that. And like I said, we will be attaching um, some phone numbers and some hotlines where if you feel that maybe you are a victim of this, uh, we can definitely do some things to help you or at least push you um, down the right path. But I think the general message that we're giving with this episode, of course, is going to be the open communication, um, that consent is not just a one-time thing, that this is an ongoing thing, that you could always be asking the question, are you okay with this? And um, making sure that everyone is happy and healthy and having the best sex that you could voluntarily have. <laughs> I would like to add one yes, more thing, if that's okay. Of course, of okay. course. I, I would like to add about... Um, 
men and sexual assault as oh, victims. Oh, absolutely, And yes. I also talk, to, talk a little bit about uh, the elderly and older adults. Absolutely. More specifically, only because older adults, especially recently, have really been impacted uh, in a variety of ways where you see people living in uh, long-term care facilities or, yeah. or nursing homes or whatever they used to be called, mm-hmm. um, being victimized. That often gets wrapped up with economics and finances where mm. people are victimized sexually, but they're also robbed and stuff like that. Right. Elderly populations are at really, really high rates for these things. Because they don't have the ability to fight back. A lot of the times or the power or the... Finances. <laughs> Well, I mean, even if they have the finances, that could be the reason they're being victimized. Mm. There's a a lot kind of in that world, and we don't talk about that enough. Right. Uh, And, you know, older adult women are definitely being victimized. Mm. It's absolutely happening, and it's happening here in the U.S., but it's happening all over the world. Wow. And so knowing that it's happening— And I thought I had aged out, (laughs) but I have to look forward to. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, and then with men as well, just to kind of wrap that up, is that we often see uh, sexual assault as very, very focused on women. And yeah. that's absolutely the majority. And I don't want to take away from that in yeah. any way. But I would like to highlight that some men also are assaulted. And there's yes. really not a lot of avenues for them to seek help. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of stigma attached to men, whether mm-hmm. it would, the perpetrator was a man or a woman mm-hmm. or 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 anything, mm-hmm. uh, if it was a weapon, if it was a tool, whatever right. the case may be, right. um, all of those things, there's not really a space to discuss those really serious issues. Mm-hmm. And because there's no space for it, because it's wrapped up with stigma and we don't discuss it often enough, I just want to address it at least yeah. as something that's that's really happening today. Yeah. We have to be really careful. And it's this isn't just a young woman's issue. No, absolutely. Uh, it's certainly happening to everybody across the board. And the only way that we can keep those things from happening is to really be educating ourselves and educating others and watching each other's backs. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, Ray, uh, if you can tell the people where they could find you. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Ray's Reality, R-A-Y-S-R-E-Y-A-L-I-T-Y. Amazing. Thank you so much for having this very real conversation with us. Um, and Dr. Eddie, thank you, of course, um, for providing all this helpful information and for providing us with the hotlines that we can certainly set everyone up with. So um, thank you for watching this episode. If you like what you saw, please click the subscribe button. And until next time, guys, adios. 